Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 208. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Ginger, my cattle dog and non-sheepish co-host. Say hi, Ginger. <coughs> Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do, and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on transporting cattle, sheep, and goats. Our topics for this week are how to transport cattle, how to transport small ruminants, and livestock transportation regulations for interstate travel in the United States. Because of its relative novelty to cattle, it's more difficult loading well-handled cattle into a truck or trailer than into a alleyway and squeeze chute. As with other aspects of cattle handling, allowing extra time to accomplish the loading with minimum stress is desired. Stress causes muscle to become dark and tough. If the cattle are going to be marked dark cutters, they're less valuable. Cattle that are stressed defecate more often, drink less, and lose weight, which also makes them less valuable at their destination. Stress lowers their immune responses to infectious organisms and puts them at risk for infectious diseases. Cattle trailers should be adaptable to ensure sufficient ventilation, wind protection, and cover for protection from excessive sunlight or inclement weather. Loading ramps should have solid sides be one cow wide and not exceed 20 degrees incline. Steps with 4 inch rise are preferred to cleats. If cleats are used, the distance between the cleats should be about 8 inches. No gap should be left between the transport vehicle and ramp sides before loading. The loading ramp should be positioned so that cattle do not face sunlight when loading. Cattle should never be transported if they have not been watered and fed recently. Access to water should be provided up to two hours prior to loading and grass hay up until the time to load. Legume hay or grain rations should be avoided. They're more likely to cause scours or diarrhea and in turn cause slick footing. The transport compartment should be clean and have bedding provided that reduces the risk of slippage. The cattle should be packed for transport close enough to reduce the chance to fight or fall, but not so closely as to cause overheating. Partitions should be used to eliminate excess space. Cattle from different herds or pens should not be mixed during transport to minimize fighting. Different sized cattle should be sorted and loaded into trailer compartments by similar weight. 
Adult bulls should be transported in separate individual compartments. Cattle should not be transported with other species. Freshened cows, those that are producing milk, must be milked out prior to being transported. If dairy cattle are in transport for 12 or more hours, they should be unloaded, milked, and fed and watered. Calves that have a dry navel and are able to walk may be transported if they can remain dry and the temperature is not less than 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Cows in late pregnancy should not be transported. If transport is unavailable because of natural disasters or the need for veterinary care, they should be in individual compartments with enough room to lie down. Cattle that are lame at a walk should not be transported. Those with fever should not be transported for anything other than veterinary care. If transporting cattle in cold weather, they should be checked for signs of cold stress, such as eating bedding material, frozen nasal secretions, or shivering. If signs of cold stress occur, further travel should be delayed if adjustments to the transport vehicle cannot be done to improve protection from inclement weather. U.S. Code 49, Chapter 805, Section 80502, requires that animals that cannot be transported more than 28 hours without stopping for food, water, and rest for at least five consecutive hours. Loading chutes for sheep and goats can be side-by-side and should be solid-walled on the outside to prevent seeing handlers and high enough to prevent attempts to jump out. Partitions between the chutes for sheep should be see-through so that they can see other sheep moving forward. There should be narrow divisions in the loading chutes to prevent animals from being able to turn around in the chute. Cleats are needed in floors to eliminate or reduce slipping. Sheep or goats should not be transported alone. They should be transported with at least one favored herd mate. As with transporting all livestock, driving the vehicle should be smooth. Accelerating or stopping suddenly should be avoided. Turning corners should be slow enough for the animals to shift their weight and stay on their feet. During travel, sheep or goats should be rested every five consecutive hours and offloaded, fed, and watered every 24 hours of travel or more frequently. Title 49, U.S. Code 805, Section 80502, prohibits 28 hours of continuous travel of livestock. However, sheep can be transported up to 36 hours if travel is completed at night. Dust-free, mold-free bedding over sand or river mats should be used to provide foot traction and cushion and to be able to clean soiling. Enough room between the animals should be allowed to permit moving without crashing into each other or the sides of the transport vehicle and to lie down if desired. 
However, animals should be close enough to brace against each other if needed. If too much room is present, straw bales can be tied down to provide bumpers. Horned or aggressive sheep or goats should be partitioned from others or haltered and tied. The lead rope should be tied with just enough length to allow the animal to get up if they fall down or lie down, but not so long that it could easily get tangled. Goats must be transported in completely enclosed containers to prevent escapes. Dog crates can suffice, if they're large enough for the goat to stand up in and lie down comfortably. Goat-sized livestock crates are available for the bed of pickup trucks. Crate doors should be doubly latched. Unshorn sheep, alpacas, and angora or cashmere goats are especially susceptible to heat stress. They need to be provided extra space and ventilation and travel in early morning or late in the day and at night if transported in warm weather. If you have comments or are interested in particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Stressful transportation can cause ruminants to lose weight, develop muscle injuries, and lower their resistance to infectious diseases. Ruminants cannot be transported for more than 28 hours without stopping for at least 5 hours and offered food, water, and rest. Ruminants should be allowed enough room to move around and lie down during transport, but packed closely enough to permit bracing against each other when needed for stops and turns. Ginger says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my books. Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, and Concise Textbook of Large Animal Handling, all published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is provided at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 200 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Ginger and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about differences among animal behaviorists, trainers, and handlers. Hey Ginger, have you ever had counseling by an animal behaviorist? Oh, she said yes, but she was not allowed on the couch. Mm-hmm.